Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba and I are we're donning our, our Rick and Bubba University sweatshirts today. Uh, we are professors at Rick and Bubba University, handing out degrees in common sense. Of course, Bubba, that's now become a superpower. Yes, it has, uh, unfortunately. It, it really, really has. So, Not so common anymore. No. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Uh, we, we have a guest who has been with us before. Uh, but he has a brand new resource that, uh, boy, I'll tell you, the, the, the times that we're living in, what a timely, timely resource this is. Uh, this is Pastor Mac Brunson. Uh, I'm honored uh, to have Mac as my pastor. Uh, he is a senior pastor at Valleydale Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, that's where my wife and I and uh, one of my sons are members and his wife. Uh, he has uh, He's been at this a while. Uh, as a pastor and graduated with a Ph.D. from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2021. He's, he's got himself all kinds of doctorates in, on divinity, and he's got his— uh, uh, I mean, do you want to go through all this, Mac? Is it necessary? No, but no. He, he's, he's well-educated. He's, uh, he's, he's pastored some of the biggest churches in the country. Uh, so thankful that God called him into our life when he did. Uh, continuing to learn so much under your leadership, uh, Mac. So welcome back to Rick and Bubba University. Hey, it's good to be here. They would say I pestered instead of pastored. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know, and and you get to have uh, you know that that wonderful wonderful job of um, you know being pastor for anybody that's on uh, this show. Uh, we've had many over the years going. You know, it, it can be a blessing, and and sometimes okay. it can be a um, you hate to say curse, right? But, you know, uh, but because you know we have four hours to fill. You yeah. know, anything's up for any any kind of content, yep. and uh, you know, you just think to yourself, is uh-huh. you know, well, I wonder if that's going to be on the show Monday, but uh, <laughs> and and sometimes sometimes it is. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about this particular resource because it really is. We won't have any problem doing forty five minutes on this. Uh, what what first of all, why this book? Why did you write it? Uh, when did you say this is what I need to do? Kind of give us the background on why you even wrote this book. You know, this is um, a year ago, January a year ago, I got a call from Greg Vaughn, who wrote the book Letters from a Father. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember that. Mm-hmm. It was a big movement. Um, churches everywhere started doing that. He has a company down in Dallas, Grace Ministries, Grace 101, I think it's called. He called me and said, I believe God's put you on my heart uh, to do a project for us, and that is on the wisdom of God. I thought, well, you know, gosh, I'm honored. Yep. And uh, he's, we talked, and he said, I want you to write six. He said, I want you to do it in six sessions. And I thought to myself, well, gosh, that's a that's an oxymoron. Right. Can I talk about the wisdom of God in six sessions? Right. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we did. And I shot those for him. And he told me, he said, you ought, to, you ought to write a book on this. And of course, my wife was encouraging me to do that. So I came home and I, I've written books before, but this one, man, it just poured out. It just came out, poured out. 
And that's where it came from. You know, where's God's wisdom in the midst of the crisis that yeah. I'm going through? Yeah, and 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 to how do you access that wisdom? And, yeah, you know, and I know I don't I don't want to wear out the phrase, you know, where you like, well, what what happened? You know, has God abandoned me? And 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 all of that too. Uh, but but you're really putting in this book practical. Um, you know, here's what to do, and and the bottom line is never forget that God is for you, uh, and 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 yep. in, in the middle of a crisis, right. and you're very transparent in this mm-hmm. book about your own personal things yeah. that you've been through. I went through a horrific crisis in a, in our own personal life, in my which brings about your spiritual life, and in the church that I was pastoring, and um, it was I would not wish that on my worst enemy. What. 18 months, nearly two years of going through this. So, I mean, I, I I had counseled with people who had panic attacks. I'd never had a panic attack. But during that, I felt I had two of them. And I was close to, you know, your heart goes to just racing and um, you, you can't get your breath. You feel like, am I having a heart attack or, or what? And I just had to, I prayed through both of them. One, I was driving home. One, I was in a parking lot. And I just had to pray through both of those. Um, and the Lord brought me back. You know, I didn't have anybody to talk. Who does a preacher talk to? Who pastors a pastor? And yeah, who does we, a preacher talk to? We, we worry about that a lot because yeah. you guys never get the call, hey, I'm having a blessed day. I yeah. want to share that yeah. with you. Yeah. You never get that one. It's always death and despair. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Rick, what's going on? I just want to let you know that everything you're teaching, I'm applying. Uh, it's going quite well. I'm <laughs> devoted to my faith. My marriage is super strong. My kids are just, they're flourishing. And I just want to call and let you know that. Um, it's a beautiful day that, and the flowers smell that sweet. That I'm feeling yeah. great today. Yeah. 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 No, I don't get that. <laughs> we need to start calling you it's, with that it, some it's, more. Uh, it's kind of like, well, here's the preacher. Somebody's dead or he wants money. Yeah, yeah, that's right. the, yeah. yeah. Uh, Why do you think it is, and you talk about this in the book, um, the first thing that we tend to do, I, I know that I do, and you seem to have this, and Bubba, we've talked about this even as men. Why is it that our first reaction, even people of faith, usually is, let me see if I can solve it first, yeah. and then if I if it's just too overwhelming for me, then I'll go talk to God about it. Yeah. And, and you talk about that. Sometimes we start yeah. thinking, do I have what it takes to get through this? Well, the answer really is no. <laughs> was no. No, I don't. <laughs> right. But we do. And it's almost, and in my mind, it's almost like, well, I'm going to go make Jesus proud of me because I'll work this thing out myself and get through it. When the fact of the matter is, I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. Yeah. And I can't make God love me more than what he does now. Right. Even if I do take the problem and say, Lord, I'll just take this and I'll handle it and you won't have to worry with it. Do you think I'm just speaking, you know, some of the things that I've been through in, in life and and I do I do say this, you know, I know that I'm a sinful man. And I know that if God never did anything else for me, nothing yeah. other than redemption, he's done more than oh, I deserve. Lord have mercy. So we got that. Yes. But but I do think that sometimes just from talking to people and what we've been through, but if you read scripture, this actually happens quite a bit. Sometimes God is allowing a crisis, and even in uh, in cases that you have taught in series, causes mm-hmm. crisis mm-hmm. because he's teaching and he's trying to accomplish something, but our first thought always is, I've done something wrong. Yeah. 
Now, sometimes that is the case. Sometimes yeah, we do bring yeah, that on ourselves. Yeah. But sometimes when you assess, you go, I really don't know why I'm in this. Yes, as we mentioned earlier, Rick, I, I prefer being nudged back into the will of God as opposed <laughs> right. to, uh, you know, dropped yeah. off a cliff to get my attention. <laughs> right. I prefer the more gentle approach, right. like if I can get it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But but I think I that's, a, that's a side of God sometimes that we're almost, a, I don't want to say, well, I guess it would be afraid. that we're mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't really... We know that's in there if yeah. we if we study scripture because you can't get you can't get around it. No, uh, but I don't think we always want to want to go there. You know, when I get in one of these, I want to know. Hey, tell me, I want to learn this lesson as fast as I can. Absolutely, because I hate keep going back and taking the class over again. Yes, yeah, you yeah. know, and we I've, did that enough I, in college. I, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want God to say, "Well, back to one hundred level yeah, classes." Yeah, that's you, exactly you, 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 right. Let me see it. Let me see yeah, it. That, that, and uh, and it was interesting. You know, you you have met a friend of ours, Rich Wingo. He's actually mm-hmm. spoke at, at Valleydale to yeah. our men, and and he said that one time he he had gone through a terrible crisis uh, with his health and with his livelihood. You yeah. know, the crash of two thousand eight. He's in commercial, you know, building and real right. estate. Uh, he had a stroke. Uh, he, he, he was struggling to be sure his brain damage was minimal if there was right. any. And I went to, to pray for him because he'd, he'd been so good to me through, through difficulty. And, and so I go to pray for him and he stops me and he says, what, what are you going to pray? Well, I'm, I'm going to pray that God restores your health and I'm going to pray that God restores your livelihood. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, then I'd rather you not pray for me. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said, ain't used for that." And I said, "Leave it to Rich to throw your yeah, curve." Yeah. And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "I want you to pray that I learn everything he's trying to teach me because yeah, I don't want to yeah. be back here again. I don't want to have to learn this again. Yeah. Tell him to release me from the fire when the refinement is complete. Wow! Not before because if if he, if he if he releases me before, I still have something to learn. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and grind through yeah. this and let's learn everything I need to learn. Now he wasn't." calling for punishment. No, let me tell you what that was. That's wisdom in crisis right there. Yeah. And that does not come anywhere but from God. Right. The and world sure wouldn't tell you to do that. No, because we always think, <laughs> release me, release me now. Yeah. yeah. Mac, let me ask you this. We, I think a lot of times we we want to let go. We don't want to worry. Rick and I was talking about this yeah. this morning, as a matter of fact. But there's a side of us that wants to understand, right, and, yeah. and I think there's a right way to ask for that understanding and, of course, a wrong way. I think we've seen that with mm-hmm. the story of Job. But it's just hard sometimes because we want to understand what's going on. Yeah. It's hard just to lay it down and go, I'm not going to worry about you know the gears on this thing. Just, just It's yours. Yep. It's you hard know, to do. You know, th- there's a great passage that says that he knows we are but dust. Mm-hmm. So he understands. He knows us. And there are a lot of times, Bubba, I do, you know, I do, you do pray, Lord, show me. Yeah. Uh, and and God will eventually give you some right. insight into it. But there's some things God just says, no, uh, this seal it up. You remember he tells Daniel at the end of the book of Daniel, just seal it up. Yep. It's not for you right now. Mm. What I'm done with you and in this situation is for somebody else. And that's what we have to remember as Christians. A lot of times God allows us to go through struggles, hardship, difficulty, tears, blood, sweat, all of that, not just for our sake, but for the sake of someone else. No doubt. 
We'll come back. We'll finish this conversation. Here's the book. It's available uh, wherever you get books. God is for you. Just go out and look for that by Mac Brunson uh, and grab them. Now, they're moving fast on Amazon. So if, if you go there, that we're actually looking for a new order now. But you can get it. We'll get it to you. And we'll come back and continue this conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues right after this. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. We're back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Mac Brunson is our guest. The book is God is For You, Learning to Trust God's Wisdom Through Life's Crisis. Now, one of the things that really jumped out is what you we talked about going to the break. Because really, a tough topic, isn't it? It is a tough topic. We'd it, rather talk about blessings. We would. <laughs> but, but, but your advice in the book, and you need to read the book, because I'm going to oversimplify this, because you give deeper steps on this. You can't forget the source. You can't forget who God is. Mm-hmm. And, and when I started reading that and thinking about that, um, I don't know how it is with you two, with your wives that are, that are strong women of God, but trying to watch a movie that is based on scripture with my wife is an impossibility. <laughs> All she does is pause it. That's not in the Bible. That's not. What, and I'm just like, honey, can we just? They're making some assumptions here. I, I don't think they're doing anything that's blasphemous. Now, some of them do. We want to let that go. You know how long we made it into His Only Son, the the movie about Abraham? Three minutes and forty nine seconds. The minute she stops, she says, "That is not how Abraham responded." So, but, so let's take Abraham. I bet the chosen takes y'all a while to get through. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't. We can't get the chosen. You know. But, but, but anyway, no. There's nothing in it that says Peter's wife was mad at him. Yeah. Know. You know. But anyway, uh, I said, well, some of these are just. But, but anyway, so let's talk about Abraham because okay. it really does apply to this book big time. Yeah. yeah. So he's told by God to sacrifice yeah. the son. That God promised. Right now, he he and Sarah had tried their own plan, yeah. which God never said to do. Yeah. Okay, and that that all blew up on him. That was bad. Yeah. Boy, still paying for that. One. Still paying for yeah. that still. one today. Yeah. So anyway, so he is a man though of incredible faith, and the writer of Hebrews tells us this, and we do hear exactly what you're saying in the book. Abraham is not quite sure why he has to sacrifice, physically kill. His son, but what he keeps clinging to, even though that's bad news, he's clinging to, but he said this was the son of the covenant. Yeah. And the writer of Hebrews says Abraham knew that, Jesus, that, that God could raise him from the dead. Yep. Yep. And he just walked up there going, you may be telling me to do this, and I'm doing it, but I'm remembering who you are. I'm remembering your promises. I know that you said he was the son of the covenant. Yeah. I know that you promised me a nation through this son. I know you did. So I'm not sure what we're doing right now, but I'm clinging to what I know about you. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Because as they go up there, yeah. he tells the young men, you wait here, you know, the servants that were there with the, that was helping carry all this. You wait here. The lad and I will go there. And we will come back to you. That's right. He's, he makes that statement. So he does. You know, he accepted that God was going to do something. And the only thing I could think is 
in his mind, he must think, if I slay this boy, God's going to raise him back up somehow. Now, that, that's a tremendous amount of faith because um, I don't know if I've got that kind of faith. But but in Christ, yeah. But in crisis, you do remind us in the book. Yeah. But what you do know about God, cling to that. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, you may not have a PhD in theology, right? But what you do know about God, you have to cling to, and that's exactly what Abraham was doing. You're exactly right on that. Yeah, and and he didn't he didn't know what and what was going on, and uh, uh, you know he might have you know, but he did exactly what he was told to do. Because of his trust of the source. And that was not just for Abraham. That's for us as well. Correct. Because Abraham couldn't put, we, we're on this side of the cross. We can look back and say, wow, he was giving us a picture all the way back mm-hmm. then right. of what he was going to do. But when he puts his son on the cross, there's no ram over there in the thicket to take his place. His son is actually going to die. And he does. Exactly right. And he raises him up. Yep. Yeah, and 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 the writer of Hebrews says that's what Abraham was clinging to. That's right. You know that he, he knew that about God. Right. And uh, and God wasn't going to say he was going to do this seed, you know, all the way to this great nation and that's all right. the way to Christ. Yeah. Even though I don't know that Abraham fully understood that it was it was a redemption uh, legacy. I think he did to some degree, but but you know, two thousand years later, you know, this goes all the way to Jesus and uh, and 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 now God, like you said, His only Son. So you you see the foreshadowing, but Abraham didn't have that. He did. He no, didn't, yeah, he, he didn't. Did, he didn't fully understand that, but he knew the source, and that was the part that I think of the t- the things you're talking about in the Bible. That, that that if you can get that at the foundation, yeah, yeah, the rest of it you can kind of maneuver. If, but you got to build that foundation, and I think that's what you have to ask yourself: Do do I know God? Yeah, yeah, right. Do, do, I do, think do, you're. How exa- can I cling yes. to something I don't know? That's exactly right. And the only way you're going to know Him is through His Word, right? Through his word. Mike, we're, we're talking about working through these problems. Uh, just in general terms, being a pastor, what what are the majority of the things you see that people mm. are struggling with that's destroying them and their their family? Is it, is it marital issues? Is it money? Is it jobs? What? Yeah, how, how does all, all that of kind of break down in modern times? The culture. The culture, I would say, because we embrace so much of the culture without even thinking about it, mm-hmm. and it is so detrimental to marriage, the family, home, uh, life, day in and day out. I see, you know, I counsel. I have never counseled with as many 70-year-old people about marriage issues as I have wow. in this past really? year, really? year and a half. That's surprising. That's mind it's, you know, I just look inside, and I do. I literally ask them. I say, hey, can't you guys just fight it on out? You <laughs> yeah. know? You're almost, well, that's, that's I mean, kind of you're how, almost I there. That's, that's kind of all of our thought process. Yeah. If you've made it that far, oh, and you, and I guess some of them married 50 years maybe, right? Oh, yeah, at least. You, you think, just ride this train on out. I mean, my, how bad can it be? My thing is this. You need each other now more than you ever have in right. your relationship. Right. You know? So... What what's going? But I see that. Is and it I've just seen people more. tired, or is it uh, you know somebody Ooh. straying, or what? What kind yeah. of things do you uh, see? Again, all of the above. Nameless, just yeah. general yeah. terms. Well, just, also, of course, these are older people, so I would think they would have done it for a while. I do know that there is a problem, even with people of faith, when their marriage has placed their children at the center of the house as opposed to Christ. Oh my stars! And they don't have their spouse in the proper place, then right. the children leave. 
And, the and empty, they don't have anything. And the empty nesting doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, I've we've loved the empty nest. I have too. I'm I, telling I, you, we've I, loved. I love the empty nest. Oh my! Stars. Sherry and I are having a blast. Love yeah. our children. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, love to see them come, and really love it when they head out home. You know? <laughs> so, but um, you know, I just see so much of that this day and time with family issues, with issues with parenting, issues with with parents. Um, and, and, and there's a crisis in the home. Yeah, and they don't know where to turn. They don't right. know what to do. And I watch so many Christians today who have never walked into the deep things of Christ, and when a crisis comes, everything falls apart. Yeah. Their whole life just falls apart. It starts that, like a domino effect. Yeah, it? and that's yeah. where I sat uh, in this crisis that I was in, and I thought, now, I have preached this stuff for mm. a pretty good long while. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be real? Is it real for me? And I found it to be very real. Now, you know, I, I'm not. Did you feel guilty when you were having those panic attacks because you knew that was not the way we're supposed to respond? I, you, you know, if I'd thought about it at the time, I probably would have. But when I was having the panic attack, all I could think was, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Right, what am I going right. to do? That's part of a panic I'm attack. Gonna, I'm going to lo- yeah. lose everything. I'm going to lose a ministry. I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose, you know, all of this stuff. And... um I kept worrying. I said, Lord, people are going to say things about me. Things They're going to think things about me, all of this kind of stuff. And the Lord finally spoke to me and just, now I know some people cut you off at that point. Well, you know, well, the Lord impressed on my heart this. He said, Mac, why don't you stop being so worried about your name and just be concerned about mine? Oh, that's a write down, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So he did that. And I thought, you know what, boy, when the Lord impresses something on your heart, it comes fast. It's it's not like he, you have to get a complete sentence out. You know the whole idea in one moment, and it's and it, it's as eye opening as it can be. When he told me that, I, I'm in the same place, and I can remember it right this moment. Stop worrying about your name. Isn't it strange? Mm. I've I've always thought, and personally. When you're looking for an answer from God many times and you wait and you wait and you wait, and then when it comes, as you said, it comes very quickly, and sometimes it is overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. And you go, there's yeah. no doubt in your mind that something no beyond, yeah. b- beyond atoms and this, this earth yeah. has just happened. You yeah. Know? Yeah. God just impressed my heart yeah. with this. Yeah. And, and I think, though, Mac, too, one of the things I think that probably people saw, and, and I know this, is they've heard you teach and preach these things, and I would say this about any of us that yep. publicly acknowledge the Lord. And uh, and and what people do is when they see these crises coming, you know what they're thinking? Well, let's see now. Yeah, that's exactly let, let, right. let's see now. And you know, and they and everybody, and because sometimes I, I, this is a terrible thing to say, and I don't mean that everybody's this way. Sometimes if you start living a life that is devoted to Christ, mm-hmm. and that's only the glory to Christ. Because the only thing good about a follower of Christ is Christ. That's right. The only thing good about yeah. the redeemed is Jesus. Right. But but sometimes people don't really like it being lived out because it starts to convict them. And they almost start kind of pulling for you to fail because that'll make them feel better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's That's like, a, whew, you thank fail goodness. like I did. Whew, yeah. Thank goodness. He, yeah. He's not any more devoted than I am. You know, uh, yeah. when, things, when things got shook up, he didn't do real well or she didn't do real well. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in Scripture speaks to this pretty clear 
that one of the main reasons that we're allowed to have difficulty is to test the genuineness of our faith. First yeah. Peter, First yeah. Peter, chapter one, That's six right. and seven. Yeah, you know, you know, preachers are terrible about that. Yeah, you know, preachers would rather hear that the church down the road is split than to hear that fifty <laughs> people got saved. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that that's back to what Bubba talks about when we start shooting our own. You know? uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we do. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue this conversation. The name of the book is God is For You. I hope those are reassuring words today. Uh, look for it by Mac Brunson uh, wherever you get books, and we'll come back and continue this conversation. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so we're men. Uh, when it comes to hygiene, there's a lot of stereotypes go with men that we don't look after it the way the ladies do. Well, many times we're trying to keep ourselves, you know, trimmed up and neat, and uh, by using you know products that are designed for women. Well, Manscaped.com says that's the end of that. Uh, we're going to design, you know, products like the shampoo and conditioner they have. No man is going to have a shampoo and a conditioner. Give me the mix. So they so they've got the mix. <laughs> I they, want one thing to do everything. Right. Like, you it, know? I, I wear a beard. They've got beard shampoo. It's designed for men as opposed to me taking the bar soap and washing my beard or trying to get Sherry's shampoo and washing my beard. It's designed for men because it's more coarse. And and then Bubba, when you get down to keeping yourself neat with these these, you know, I hate to bring it up, but sometimes as we get older, the nose trimmer they have is fantastic. They call it the weed whacker. Yeah. I mean, oh, you, I mean, yeah. I don't like that I have to have that product, but I'm thankful that theirs is good. Uh, and why and, is it growing in there and not on my head right. in that ball spot? Yeah. That's and, always a big question. And, and also, for, for, for loose sleep over that one. Their Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the bearded men out there is, has everything we need. Okay, and that way you have a neat... Uh, a sculpted beard. It's also uh, because of the other products. It's soft to the touch. It doesn't you know scrape your your wife's face. Uh, so if you would like to find out more about products that are designed for men from head to toe, just go to manscaped.com. Use the code Bubba twenty manscaped.com Bubba twenty, and you'll get twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code Bubba twenty. So we're here with Mac Brunson. Uh, he has written the book, God is For You, Learning to Trust God's Wisdom Through Life's Crisis. Uh, it is available. You can go to Amazon. You can find it wherever you get books. Uh, and, and, and the response to this book, no surprise, has actually been very good. Yeah, uh, and, and everybody involved is pleased with that because I, I think, you know, I know every time, you know, I, I can't imagine what it was like. We always think we're in the worst time. And then you think about, what if I'd been here you know, during World War II. Yeah. I mean, no, you, you think Rick. those people, that, yeah. you know, we've got a, a regime trying to kill off all the Jewish people. You don't yeah. think people thought this is it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so there's been things. However, I don't know that in my lifetime, I, I've seen what you talked about a minute ago, the swing of the culture yeah. in a direction quite like it is now. No, Not in this country. No. You know, it, and, and it's really a real swing toward the secular uh, it's almost antiquated to say that you're. You, you, this point has been made. Sherry made this point. She goes, I don't even tell people I'm a Christian anymore. I say I'm a Bible believing Christian, mm-hmm. or I'm a follower of Christ. Right. She said because if you just throw Christian out there now, and you don't put Bible believing in front of it, or evangelical, or evangelical yeah, people, yeah. it may. You know what people say? That sounds good to me. Yeah. I'm not bothered by that. Uh, and so I don't. I, I think now, 100 level knowledge of God is not going to get it done. No. You're, you're exactly right. That's why you see so many Christians like leaving the church, just f- falling apart, you know, b- homes, marriages breaking up. 
young people and their parents, you know, all of the discord and disharmony that is there uh, because we don't know how to handle this culture and the crisis that we face that's brought about by this culture. Mike, do you, do you think we've, we've grew up hearing the word American dream and I, I'm a patriot. I love this country. I think we're sure. here by God's intervention but at times, can the American dream become the American nightmare because yeah. we get so caught up in yes. stuff? Yeah. I mean, we got we got a lot of stuff. Even at work here, we got a lot of stuff to deal with, and yeah. it just sometimes it becomes a briar patch. Doesn't yes, it? it does. You're exactly right. We we have adopted, like I said, this culture has seeped into not only our lives but into the church. Right. And a lot of stuff that's taking place in the church. Well, I was just reading earlier this morning all of these statistics about um, believers. You know, evangelicals today, only about 60%, really a little less than that, maybe about 56% of them believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Evangelicals. Say that again, the number? Yeah, about Doesn't that 56. disqualify you from that title yeah, yeah. in my mind? Well, that's why so many <laughs> How am I evangelizing are, anybody if I don't have that part? Yeah, if you— it, that's I, mean, why I can so call many, myself a dog, but if yeah. I can't bark, yeah. you yeah. know, I'm not really there. They they basically say, we, we've got to find another term than evangelical. Well, I don't know what you're going to find, but— Well, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, I think the last thing Jesus said before he ascended to heaven to return back to his proper glory is pretty important. Yeah. And the yep. last thing he said was to be evangelical. Yeah. To be a disciple, make a disciple, teach people all I have commanded. Yep. I can't teach something I don't know. That's exactly right. And and so if somebody says, well, what did that's, that's what, what did Jesus that's command? That's what I'm going to talk to the deacons about tomorrow night. Oh, well, how about that? Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, we've joked, I need to get out and you'll be you there. there. <laughs> we, we've joked on the show about, you remember when everybody was wearing the bracelets about what would Jesus do? Oh, yes. But you got to know what he did. Right. For yep. you to know what to do. You can't tell anybody what Jesus would do if you don't yeah, know what he did. Yeah, what I think is right is not what Jesus would do, always. You, you know, Jesus is always our example. And in the first chapter of this book, I talk about him being 12 and being left in the temple. Mm -hmm. right? Everybody knows that story. Yeah. The interesting thing to me is if you read the text, uh, we're told in the gospel that he was seated, listening, talking to the rabbis that were there, the didaskalos, those that were teachers. But he would put himself in the position. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. So he's put himself in the position to listen to these teachers of the law at a 12-year-old age. And we've got men at 60 years of age who will never put themselves in the position to learn anything from the Word of God. You no, got to keep you got to keep learning. Yes. Yeah. The minute you think you're yeah. home, you've yeah. made the bases. I think that's a, a that's major a, yeah. miscalculation, yeah. isn't it? Uh, well, I yeah. think it goes back to what you guys said about these people been married 50, 60 years. You know, I think the mistake, I'm just assuming, uh, was what y'all just said. They thought, well, we made it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. no need to learn anything else. No need to keep growing. No need no, to keep no. dating. No need to keep dating. Yeah. You know, we, we surely we'll make it now. And, my, and you can make that mistake in your spiritual life, and boy, you can find yourself in a bind. You can. My dad had, a, had one little plaque over his desk in his office that said, as long as you're green, you're growing. But when you start to get ripe, you get rotten. Mm. <laughs> That's so good. He, That's and so it had true. a vine and tomatoes yeah. on it. But oh, that yeah. was that was That's his good. that was his thought right there. 
You yeah, that's a little bit of growing. that nature showing us how to act. Yeah. It? Yeah. So I know that you cover this, and and sometimes we just because we're so even though we're still growing and we still can't even grasp, you know, God's judgment and wrath and holiness that He would even remotely be so merciful, gracious, and loving. Mm-hmm. But again, I think you got to have the balance because I don't think I understand either one of those if you don't teach me both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't just want to teach one. No. You know. No. You want you want to teach both. I don't need a savior if there's not anything I need to no, be saved from. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and then if I and then if I'm just to make us feel better. You're right. right. Yeah. And I also don't want to hear. Oh my goodness, I guess I have no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got to do both. But I don't understand to your point the hope unless I realize what's what, what what's at stake. Yeah. So. But people still do this sometimes, even though, well, they may not know. Maybe that's part of it. And you talk about this, that question, I'm in difficulty. I'm in a crisis. Does God love me? Yeah. I thought he loved me. Hey, listen, I felt that going through this. I I would honestly stop and ask myself, or I would really pray it. God, do you love me? Are you here? Do you care about what's going on? Because I go back to say we are human. And those thoughts run through your mind. And then I would go back to the Word of God. I'd go back, and in the Word of God, I would find God cares for me, right. is what David said in Psalm 118. Right. God cares for me. That's where the that's where the title goes. God cares for you. Whatever. He was going through a crisis there. Well, I will say in my own life, when I experienced redemption— is when I had to stop playing games with this deal about God and and loving him loving me because I, I remember it so vividly and and I had believed I, I never was agnostic, I never was an atheist, none of that. I was raised to believe and I believed it all. Right. From from a head standpoint. And but if you looked at my life, what you would have seen is deliberate perpetual sin, unfortunately, embarrassingly. So when I had the confrontation with God, and it ties into this question, I knew the gospel. I'd been taught the gospel. So I really couldn't make a case that he didn't love me. Right. I couldn't make that case. because I And I remember as I was repenting and saying, something's got to change. I see the wreck of my life. I see the crisis, in this case, that I've created. Right. Okay, I see the damage. I know I'm not right with you. Mm-hmm. But I also know that you love me. I know this because I know the gospel. I don't know why you would hang your son, or really, if you understand the Trinity, yourself, mm-hmm. on the cross. And when I say understand the Trinity as best we can, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, he, he was 100% God while being 100% right, man. Right, right, and, and, uh, But anyway, and so I said, and this was, this was repentance for me, because a lot of people say, what is repentance? And I, I know that we've had, I think it was, was it... Um, Oh, was it uh, was it Lloyd Jones? We just talked about him that said it's the vomiting of the soul, or maybe that was Chesterton. I don't remember. Somebody said that. That, that, that sounds like Chesterton. Yeah, it does. So it may have been him. And so, but but for me, it was this: I had to come to the conclusion. I had to admit it. And there's people listening to this and watch this right now that I think may be in this same situation. I'm just assuming. When it changed for me is when I admitted to God that I didn't love Him. Mm-hmm. Wow. I knew that he loved me, right, right. But I didn't love him. Now I didn't know the verses then because I had abandoned the church at, at thirteen. Thought mm-hmm. I'd done enough to go to. I mean, at, for thirteen years, so I hadn't studied the scriptures enough to know that Jesus said, "If you love me, you'll obey me." That's right. I didn't even know that then, but I was still understanding the concept that there's a reason I don't 
follow you. Mm-hmm. There's a reason I don't submit to you. There's a reason that I keep thinking sin is better than you. It's because I don't love you. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't love you, and today I finally admit it, is because I don't know you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, That's and, right. and that was that was the complete now sanctification is still going. I still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. But that was the day that the marker went down and I felt for the first time God say I forgive you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's what I've been waiting on. Okay. I've been waiting for you to, to, to be honest with me. I know this already. Right. I'm just waiting for you to say it. Okay. That's profound. Yeah. That really is. Because I think sometimes we get so caught up and does God love me? Well, my goodness. I mean, look at the cross. Mm-hmm. Look at what he went through. Of course he loves us. That's not the question. The question is, do we love him? Yeah. That's the big question. You know, in the midst of the crisis that I went through, I don't know that I was thinking like that. I was thinking, uh, God, maybe I'm the, I, and we we do this, I'm the only person in the world, <laughs> in all of history, that you really can't stand. Right. You know, I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in that, is that not arrogant? Oh, yeah. There's arrogance even in thinking something. But that's what I, now, okay, we're just going to start confessing in here. Yeah. I was feeling that. Right. Like, God, I, you know, I know I'm so unworthy. You, I'm not worthy of your love, your salvation, your rede- all of it, or to be delivered out of this. And I don't know that I can face that either. I just don't know that I can face an eternity without you. But in all of that, God still kept yeah. his faithfulness to me, yeah. continued to show his love for me, yeah. and kept telling me, you're just going to have to trust me. Amen. I know you're hurting. And think about how long you had been preaching and teaching his word. Yes. And I, this this, by the way, on. this didn't happen early on in, 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 in his life as a pastor. No, this no, was, no. Yeah. Man, I'm... I have already had major kudos in the ministry. I'd already pastored First Baptist Church Dallas. I had buried W.A. Criswell. Yeah. I had, you know, buried Charles Ryrie, uh, the guy that wrote the Bible. Right. You, know, the, you know, I had done all of this stuff, but here I am at this late stage in my life, and I'm thinking, God, what, what, what's going on? And yet, in that one verse, stand still. Keep quiet and let me fight for you. And that's the hardest thing to do is to assume the position of standing in the corner and letting God go into the ring for you. Mm. Um, And so, and he did, although I couldn't see it, Mm -hmm. it didn't make sense to me. I resigned to church with nowhere to go. I thought I, you know, I had some idea, but I had no certainty at all. I go. got in the car, walked out, got in the car with my wife, headed up to the mountains just to just to go lick my wounds. We guys are bad about that. Yeah, we want to cut ourselves <laughs> off, right? Isolate ourselves and just go lick our wounds like a bear that's been uh, wounded. You know, I'm the worst at that. No man, I'm I'm the worst at that. We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation with Mac Brunson when Rick and Bubba University. The podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So we're back. You you talked about as men do, we, we golf, we lick our wounds. We we won't we're so we're so horrible to try to help. Uh, because I think we think it's sometimes weak 
to to reach out and say I need help when really the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really to you made the point you made a minute ago. It's arrogant not to do that. Yeah, because because you think we think right. we, we think well we got it. Right. Uh, we we other people may need somebody. I don't. I'll I'll work this out. I'll wrestle this out. And sometimes we do have to spend time alone with God. I'm not saying that. But uh, sometimes he puts people around you that are there to help you. But but you you got to access. Yeah. Uh, and you certainly had people all around you. But but I think in a position of a pastor, it's even harder because there's who do you call? Back to your you point, Bubba. We were talking about yeah. this. Who do you call? Yeah. I mean, you have people you, don't you trust. Want people to know. Yeah. You have your wife, of course. And you yeah, got a good. Sometimes you don't even mm-hmm. want her to know. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You, you just really don't want anybody to know. That's why I say we go off and we lick our wounds like an animal. You know, I don't want I don't want her to be disappointed. I don't want her to be let down. I don't I don't want to listen. I don't want to answer her questions because mm. they'll ask them. Oh my stars! <laughs> they'll they'll ask them, and they you'll begin to think they've got a clear direction to the Holy Spirit than you do. Right. You know. Well, How does she know this? Right. Where'd she come up with that? Right. Lord, what are you telling her? You ain't telling me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, well, when when you when you talk about you know some of the practical things that that you can do, one of the things that I want you to speak to is one of the topics, and you need to get into the book because we're we're just barely scraping the surface. Is can you get to the point where you think that when I get on the other side of this, not only have I not lost what I thought I had, things may get even better. I mean, no, I never, I never thought that. Yeah. I just had to trust. I didn't know what I was going to do. Did you think this, my life may never be better again. I mean, don't yes, you start I did. Like, yeah. 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 Man, I was doom, gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> Deep, dark depression, <laughs> excessive, excessive misery. misery. <laughs> so I'm if it wasn't for bad luck, Mike, no, you'd have no luck at all. That's right. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that, 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 Sherry and I had talked about this, and we learned through difficulty, the difficulty we went through, is I think the thing about crisis and calamity is it's such a sharp tool that God uses. He really gets into the marrow. Oh, and, and, you know, because you, you start thinking, well, I don't think I'm all that sinful. And then all of a sudden he goes, I see a lot of self-pity right now. Yes. And I'm like, is self-pity yeah. a sin? And God's like, of course it is. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. I thought, well, yes. oh, wait a minute. You're right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really wallowing in this. Yeah. And God's like, see, these kind of things I can't point out to you if we don't get here. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that, that he was really yes. working on your surgery? Oh, listen, let me tell you. Just I just wanted to know when it's going to be over or <laughs> yeah. can you give me some anesthesia? Yeah, <laughs> knock, me knock me out till this thing is over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were times I just I just thought to myself, it would be better to be dead. I was thankful my dad had passed away because I, I would not have wanted my dad to know this about me. Interesting. You know, for yeah. that I was going through this. Now, he would have been a tremendous help. He would have been a tremendous encouragement. But I would have felt like, listen, I felt like I let down everybody. I mean, my dad, the Lord, the church, my wife, her dogs, everybody, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Not that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but this also, and and I know you don't get into all the, because there's, you know, you're, you're protecting things and you're speaking in general. But, but this also, though, was something that wasn't simple. No. You weren't able to go, okay, I did that and I shouldn't have done that. No. It wasn't one of those. No. You started kind of getting, I don't want to go too far, yeah. but what I'm saying is there was some 
Some things you well, thought you I, could count I, on that you couldn't count on. I, I there were some men people that I thought that I could. There count you go. On. You say it. I should say. All, it. all of a sudden, yeah. uh, they were like strangers, right. and, and I thought, well, he just walked past me and didn't even speak, didn't even look at me. You know what's going on? And uh, I talk about it in the the, the opening little section yeah. of the book yeah. just to let you know that the whole thing was not to. It was not to really talk about the subject. It was to let you know. I know what a crisis is, and it was not a crisis that I could tell was of my own making. There you go. That's the point I was trying to make. You know, it wasn't something that some of them are easy. You can see how you messed up. Yeah. Oh man, you know, I I went out to Vegas and I had twenty call girls, or you know, something like that. That's well, you bonehead. You you ought to know that. This was man. I was preaching everywhere. I was doing everything in the world I could do. I was working hard. You know. And this just came out of the blue. That's the thing about a crisis. You never know when they're going to come. You never know their nature, what it's going to be about, what kind of crisis. Would you have ever expected the crisis that you and Sherry went through to Mm. be that kind of crisis? No, we're recording this on the 18th of January. It'll it'll come out, you know, the 20th this weekend. But the anniversary is the 19th of January. I mean, (laughs) literally while you and I are talking, Bubba and I are, you know, doing the show and all this stuff, I'm heading off to do this conference. I have no idea what this weekend has waiting on that weekend had waiting on me 16 years ago. No idea, you know, and I just wander off. I do a little deer hunt and head on up to the conference and, you know, and Sherry, I'm talking to her on the phone. We're keeping in touch and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I can't wait to get there and preach. And Hey, I'm glad you're getting to, you know, I hope you're having a good weekend that we're all good. And then all of a sudden that phone rings. Yeah. And you, there's different world, and then yeah. everything changes. And yeah. then I don't know if it's the same way with this. It probably is, you know. There, but there's your life before that crisis. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's some. We all have small ones, but the big ones. Yeah. There's your life how you were before that, and then there's a life that you've been since that. Yes. And yeah. there, and, you, and there's no that life before that is over. Well, because you, the things you learn from it, they, they, yeah, they, they now you, affect the rest of your life. You do learn things from that, oh, which yeah. is. Godly wisdom. Right. Uh, But you always will take part of that with you. Yeah. Everywhere you go. And sometimes there are little bits of flashback. Mm -hmm. Deb Deb will have little bits of flashback. Okay. Uh, I don't have it as much. I think I handle it a little better than she does, but she she does. She'll have a little, and it's there, and you kind of tense up, and it's kind of, oh, no, is this going to happen, you know, or that going to just... Yeah. It's always kind of hanging over. And and you just have to say, you know what? God brought me through that. Uh, he can bring me through anything. Thank you, Mac Brunson. Thanks to all of you for being here with us. And, and the book is available. Just go there. You can go on Amazon, wherever God is for you by Mac Brunson, and get your copy today and, and hope it's such a blessing to you, too. And thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.